Welcome to the State of America Road Report. With your hosts, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Road Reports on the State of America podcast. Ian is busy doing something today. I'm not real sure, but he's doing something. So he's going to uh, not be on this one with me, but that's all right. He's got a couple he's done without me that are coming up soon. So as we continue on our trek across the country, I have Stephen and Damien on, and they both went to the Richfield show in Washington. And they are on here to tell us what happened. So first of all, guys, welcome on. Thanks thanks for having us. All right. So we'll start with you first, Damien. Uh, And by the way, I'm so upset that your actual name isn't Abe uh, Froman. I was really wanting to interview the Sausage King of uh, of Chicago. Yeah. I was wondering (laughs) if when you picked up on that, so it kind of dated you a little bit. So I'm glad that you picked up the reference. I was born in 76. So uh, Ferris Bueller was a big part of my uh, childhood. All right. So as you guys know, I always ask everybody the same first question. What was your excitement level on a level on a scale of one to 10 when you heard about the tour? What was your excitement level when you walked out of the show? For me, and I've been a fan, a longtime fan, it was it was probably a four. I'm sure uh, okay. uh, people felt that way. And then uh, and just for some context, we did go to three shows in a row and they did change as the shows progressed. Uh, but at this particular show, it was probably up to a five. All right, Stephen, what about you? Uh, I, I kind of bounced around like I was beforehand. I was a five. Um, the other show we saw was in LA at the forum. And after that show, I was, I, I honestly kind of did down to a four. And then after this RV show, I was kind of back up to a five. It kind of, they just, they progressively got a little bit better each show that we saw them. All right, Damien, um, how big was the place they played and how full was it? It was about 18,000 18, seating capacity. Um, it is a little bit remote area, and it was a Wednesday night for context. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some difficulties. There was supposed to be a shuttle that was going to take everybody there. We were going to partake in that, and there was about 40 to 50 people waiting, and they all had to find Ubers to get there. So it was a little bit cumbersome for, I think, uh, for a lot of people to, to get there. Um, but uh, we were talking about it. Weather was good, so they, uh, the lawn seats were open, probably about 70, more so than what I thought for – a way out of the way area, especially up in that part of the country. Okay. How did the attendance compare to the other shows that you saw this past week or so? Yeah, they're all pretty consistent. I think LA was maybe a little bit less and then Seattle was a little bit more, but yeah, Portland was kind of in the middle there. I think I, I that's what I thought. All right, Steven, we'll start with you first. When um, they came out, how loud was Rich on twice as hard? Well, uh, he, they, they nailed those first few notes. Um, that, and that was always like, it's that, that, that even just listening to the album, that's always the most exciting part for me. Um, and he just, yeah, he came out and it was a little kind of, I'm not even shell shock, but like, you know, you have the jukebox in the thing and you can see Chris out there with the umbrella and Rich kind of just, 
like there was no preamble to it you know like he just went right into it um but he yeah he sounded great he said he always he sounded great all three shows all right damien so they obviously they play shake your moneymaker all the way through what do you think were the highlights of the moneymaker set um and again not seeing or watching any youtube videos or anything it was without question seeing things um the backup singers add so much to that that was something that i haven't uh can't remember seeing a ton of with, without question though. Seeing things um, blew the set away. Well, that's about probably eighty percent of the people we've had on have said that. All right, Stephen, what was your highlight of the MoneyMaker set? Uh, not to sound like mine's the same answer. Seeing things, um, and I think in general, like we talked about the rating out of ten, like those those backup singers add at least two or three points to that show. Like the they were just spectacular. Um, I was going to mention Remedy, but that's not the Shaker Moneymaker set. Um, <clears throat> anything other than seeing things, just for me personally, um, Could I Have Been So Blind was great. That was one I hadn't seen live very much. And it was it was one that when I was, you know, I was listening to the album before we started these shows. And that song kind of like before I was like, eh, you know, it's not bad. It didn't really do as much for me. Then listening to it, I'm like, you know what, this is a really great song. And then seeing it live, like really reinforced that for me. It was, it was really good. All right, everybody talks about Chris's energy level during the shows. Did you guys feel like that was uh, the same there as, as we've seen and heard about at other shows? Yeah, I saw him do some different things with the mic stand. Like, he was really pumping it. Every time there was a big bass drum pop, he was thrusting that up in the air two-handed. It was He was on fire. He was in full Rod Stewart effect and, and performance and in fashion. I believe he had, like, a pink, almost like yoga pants, pastel yoga pants on for uh, one of the shows. Well, I feel like he's embracing being a a front man again. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and he he didn't let go. I mean, it, it was it was from beginning to end, and that was that was reassuring to see. Regardless, you know, or other um, issues with like the rest of the lineup, as far as you know, <clears> guys coming and going, he was outstanding. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen the video. We said you said you haven't been watching YouTube, but. I think it was the second night in Nashville. I don't know. It, it had to have been just extremely hot and humid. He there's not a there's not a dry thread on him, and I just don't ever remember seeing Chris work himself up, you know, that much uh, in in a show. And I think it's been refreshing to see him return a little bit to that '92 era Chris Robinson. That for a lot of us was kind of when we fell in love with the band. In more ways than one, like it wasn't just his energy, his dancing. You could see how much he was enjoying it. He, he was really loving it. But just his voice, you know, like we we saw him, I think I saw CRB three times. And that's such a laid back vocal style. But to see him really go off on some of these songs, like using his voice as that instrument, like it was another solo instrument to the band. It, it just sounded so amazing, especially like like seeing things, especially about Sister Luck, you know, um, it was just really refreshing to hear him sing like that again. All right, Stephen, was there one song during the Moneymaker set that disappointed you? I don't. I wouldn't say any of them disappointed me. I think it was just. I think thick and thin is not. Just I'm just not into that song, so it was kind of like ah, you know, it's fine. Like it. I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but that was like the one sort of drop down for for the whole set. But it it was really pretty. Other than that, it was really pretty consistent for me. What about you, Damien? Yeah, the only when then I and again I know it's progression with the pre shows, but this one there was uh, twice as hard. There was always like this little clunky transition um, on drums, and I I was really down because that was the first song that they played. And as excited as we were to hear it, like I said that 
that pickup transition probably two thirds of the way through almost towards the end. Um, it really kind of soured me on it because it made me remember and realize who isn't, who's there more importantly, who isn't. All right. So we, we leave moneymaker and we go into the hits part, uh, portion of the show. What were the songs that got rotated in and out on that one compared to the other set list? So there, there were only two songs really different. That's it. It was, uh, Soul Singing, and then uh, Goodbye Daughters of the Revolution, which I, I was pretty surprised by Goodbye Daughters. I was excited to hear that. It's, it's one of my favorite songs of that album, and I thought it sounded really great. Um, but yeah, that, that was it. They, they didn't really vary too much, except for, of course, the, the closer. Maybe we can go into more detail on that later. All right, so uh, Damien, what did you think of the hits portion? Um, it was good to see uh, a little bit of mix-up because we had some variation from when we saw them just the other day at, in L.A. So I was very happy to hear Good Di- Goodbye Daughters. I know that a lot of us are fans of that song. Um, and so to go ahead and see that pop in w- was nice. That was that was my favorite. I thought the playing was pretty consistent. Um, um, what I will tell you is this, is that Remedy, and, you know, and I focused on the backup singers quite a bit, mm-hmm. when um, they, were, I don't know, they were paying percussion throughout it, whether it was... Uh, the maracas or the uh and especially the juro when they were getting to that point the breakdown when the key key uh keyboard solo is and uh it's kind of like a big honeycomb and you rake a stick across it they had that going and and at that show the show we're reviewing you could hear that clear as day and it added just a little touch like that added so much to it as long as with their backup singer vocals so remedy um as many times as we've heard it those little effects really stood out and made a big difference in impression. Which is interesting that both of you are saying this because the only kind of common criticism that we've had with everybody on is that the backup singers weren't properly mixed and weren't loud enough. And you guys are saying they were and just really added a lot to the show. Yeah, I, without question for that one. The, yeah, they, and there wasn't, there was quite a few songs where they just kind of said, they literally sat down, like they would have chairs and they would kind of chill and, and sit and not, not you know, sing at all. But every time that they were featured, like they, they really came through and they really added, uh, made certain songs just that much better by hearing them. Um, and, you know, whenever those, the chorus came in, like it was just it was great to hear them all the time. All right. So one of the other things that uh, we keep hearing is um, like on soul singing, how Chris is, seems to be really, really into that one. It was, did you guys find that to be true? I don't know. I mean, it didn't really point out like it, like there were other songs where he was definitely more animated and definitely more into it. Um, I, I, it didn't really, you know, uh, point out to me like when he would like during that particular song. Okay. Uh, maybe Damien has a different impression of it. but No, I agree. Um, I, I, I will tell you, outside of Chris, the most animated person on that stage was, uh, was Joel. Um, I mean, singing background and, and just with his with his free hand when it wasn't playing keys, it was, he was, I couldn't take my eyes off him for a while. It wasn't Chris. It was on him. He Sweet. was pretty entertaining to watch. How was, uh, how was our friend Sven up there? Hmm. It was, it was a rock. It was, it was so great to see him. It was just, it was like comfort food watching him <laughs> play bass up there. I was going to say, no, he had a smile on his face a lot of the time. A couple of, we were up pretty, we were up close and I know we gave him a couple of call outs and he just smiled and nodded. He looked, he looked good. He looked healthy. Sounded great. But yeah. It was nice one, one of the things I hope that comes out of this tour, and, and I've, I've told Sven this, is like, I hope he realizes how much he's appreciated. Uh, he's not just a guy up there playing the bass. Like, he's he's an integral part of the band. 
Yeah, he got he got when they were doing the band introduction, he got some good, pretty good response from the crowd. It was it was nice. Uh, all right, Damien, what was the highlight for you of the hits portion? Um, I, I'm going to go back to, to to remedy, and it, it's and again, it's not so much quantity as quality. Is it just was as I already said, it was those little subtle things and the vocals and the keyboards and the, and the, the band was way into it. Um, again, Joel solo was was mixed well. That was the other thing is that I've seen some different mixing issues with um, people being drowned out. But that one, they got him just right. The venue sounded great. Like I said, at that point, um, everybody in the place was really feeding off the energy of the band. Chris was hot, and I Chris was all over it. And I didn't think that I would, knowing that I knew I was going to get remedied, I would be saying this. But like with the singers and the percussion, I was I was really happy with that. Stephen, what was your highlight of the hits portion? Uh, mine, mine was probably the encore because they and Damon can give a little more, you know, detailed thing about what Chris said. But Chris gave a little introduction to a little tribute to Charlie Watts, and they did "Torn and Frayed," and it was just a nice, poignant way to to end the show. And it was, you know, we've we've heard them do it live. We've heard them on on a lot of bootlegs playing playing that song, and it was just, it was really really cool for them to, to end it that way. All right, so Stephen, what would be a what did you think was the weakest song? I don't know if I would point to one particular song. I think the weakest there, there were a couple of weak things. Like my thing is I, I play guitar and I listen. That's what I really listen to. And going into the LA show, my thing was like, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm totally focused on Isaiah. Like I'm, what is he going to do? Like, how is he going to sound? Because I don't know. Have you listened to earthless? Like, did you listen to them? Oh yeah. All? Yeah. I've listened, I, yeah. I, I, I love earthless. I think they're amazing, but it's such a different kind of improvisation. So I was a little worried. Like how is, you're going to mix in and the LHL, I'll be honest. I was really had really mixed feelings about him. Um, there were some songs, you know, like on jealous again, he used a slide, which did not work for me at all. And that's the LA show. But then um, in Portland or at the RV show, <clears throat> the ritual show, he didn't use a slide and he played it just like normal. And I was like, Oh, it's great. He sounded a million times better. Uh, LA show twice as hard when he first started playing the solos. It was kind of, kind of fell flat for me, honestly. Like he just wasn't hitting notes aggressively. He wasn't, didn't feel like he was as into it. But then, one eighty for for Richfield. So um, there were a couple times in Richfield where I, where he kind of fell flat for me. But overall, like he was, I was glad to see the improvement. I was glad to see like okay, he's he's sounding a lot better. He's starting to gel with them a little bit more, even just in those in comparing those two shows. All right, so I was really interested to see what they were going to do to, you know, recognize the death of Charlie Watts, and I'm so glad they didn't do it's only rock and roll, um, and did you know, a, "Torn and Frayed" is my favorite cover that the Crows do. Um, made me a lifelong fan of Exile on Main Street, and uh, it's one of the few songs I can actually play it on the guitar all the way through. But uh, I just think that's such a poignant song, especially with somebody that spent their whole life on the road, like Charlie Watts did. Um, Damien, what exactly did Chris say to introduce the song? Yeah, um, we, we were anticipating it, right? We were actually wondering if they did something the night before, because he actually passed just the day before. I know there was some like stuff in the news about like, well, is it official? Is it a hoax? Like they did that whole McCartney thing. And, mm-hmm. um, but um so yeah, so Chris came out and we were we were having the same discussion, like wondering what they're gonna do. And he ended up saying, Hey, like it's the sad news, you know, we lost Charlie Watts. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. 
but this part I do know for verbatim. He goes, couldn't have rock and roll without the Rolling Stones, and you can't have the Rolling Stones without Charlie Watts. And and this is for him. And then and we and I'm getting chills even just telling me about telling you that right now. They strum they strum that the first chords of Torn and Frayed. None of us expected obviously that at all. We haven't heard that on the set list so far. It's been a huge fan of both Steve and I's and obviously yours. And they killed it. And it was that appropriate mix of it wasn't a slow song. It wasn't a mid-tempo. It just takes it up at the end. Um, and they let Isaiah go nuts at it at the end. He, he almost, Chris had to look at him. They all smiles on their faces. And it was, it sounded like if you close your eyes, they could have been playing that, um, you know, 15 years ago. Easy. Wow. All right, so Stephen, uh, Damien told me you're you're the musician of the group here of us that are on. Of the new people, who stuck out to you, for good or bad? The but because of that improvement, Isaiah, like I, I'm, I'm, I feel like he can really grow with this man. I think there's a lot of potential for him, especially like this. You know, by that second night hearing what he did on like uh, on Wiser Time was was really good. His, you know, he he used slide on she talks to angels that was just absolutely perfect, um, and so I, I I feel like I'm pretty excited to see where he can go with them if they're going to keep him on. Um, I know that you know we've heard about the the two albums of new material they're ready to to lay down, and I, I I'm I'm really curious to see if like keep him they keep him on and see what he can do with them on that stuff. Yeah, I definitely feel like they're they're gelling, you know, in, into a band and. Um, I'm, you know, I'm excited about it. Like I've said on here before, like I'm going to have an open mind about it and I'm just excited to go to a, a straight up rock show and, uh, and have some fun, you know, and, and hopefully down the line, we'll get some of those two set shows where, you know, the set list changes up and we get the, you know, the B sides and the cool covers. But I think for right now they need to do this and get it, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for it. People have t- tell me that the, that Chris and Rich's you know, makeup is genuine and that has to make you happy just on a level of, you know, for human beings. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing them a uh, week from tonight, actually. So um, I, I appreciate you guys coming on and, and, and talking about it with us. One last question. Uh, if an American called you up and said, Stephen, Damien, I'm on the fence about going, should I go? I'll take, I think you got to uh, take advantage, like just see them once, you know, it's not, I mean, obviously we saw him three times, but um, I, I think it's, you know, just to, first off, just to honor the, the Shaker Moneymaker album to, to see it from start to finish. You know, you never see the Crows do that with anything. Um, but yeah, I, I would absolutely say see him just once. Damien, you? Yeah, the same thing. I got a lot of friends that aren't going um, just on principle for a lot of the reasons that we've all discussed and talked with our other fellow fans. Uh, but I, but I, I told him I was going with an open mind and I'm glad that I went for a lot of the reasons that we've discussed. Um, but, uh, and I think that maybe in retrospect for this particular show, and we're discussing lost Charlie, you know, it's a fleeting thing. You know, our, our favorite musicians are getting older. I know that the crows are from a different generation. They're not, they're not from the late 60s, 70s. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, we haven't, to your point, Ian, we haven't seen music in a long time. Don't, don't miss an opportunity to see your favorite band in whatever formation it might be. Uh, because again, you never know when you read to pick up the news someday and, you know, we lose one of these guys and that might be it. So we've already lost Ed. That's what I'm saying. So I, I look at it, I look at it that way. It's kind of big picture. I mean, I, that's, so I'd say 
if you got it, you can, you can deal with the heartburn of it. You'll, you'll walk away feeling okay. That's what I tell people. Don't, don't miss a chance to go see these guys because um, it's been what eight years since we've seen them together. And regardless if you like who's in the lineup or not, it's still black crows music being, being played. And um, you know, Chris and Rich are a huge part of the black crows, obviously. So, um, Hey guys, I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and talking about it. And uh, hopefully we have you on again in the future for something. Thank you yeah, for having us. Great. We appreciate it. Cool. Well, guys, once again, thank you for coming on and uh, Ian and I'll be back with you soon. Oh, man.